I feel conflicted. I feel conflicted. I don't want to see that. I feel conflicted. I don't need to see that. I don't want. I don't need to. I don't want. I don't need to see that. I don't want to see that. I don't need to see that. Welcome back to uh, episode two of the countdown to the comeback, and this episode was Valerie rocks the upfront. Right, triumphs at the upfront. So, what? Tell me your thoughts. You... Well, first of all, if anybody is watching, like getting caught up, this is like a little helpful hint. Yes. Helpful hint. Mercy's helpful hint. Um, I just invented that. Did you like it? Yes, I think it's a good. I think it's a good thing. <laughs> no, because I um, I have insomnia, so I watched it at three in the morning, and uh, uh, so I was a little uh, not that clear thinking at first. When I watched it, I was, but I have them all, you know, through on demand. I have them all taped, and and when you go to tape them, it says the episode, but when they show up, it doesn't say episode one, episode two, and I was like, oh no. How do I know which one is episode two? Because I on-demanded them all at the same time. Oh, God. <laughs> Wikipedia. Right. Wikipedia has them all. the episode and the name of the episode. So that's how I found out which one to watch. So there you go. Three this morning. And it was... Oh, my God. Overall have you thoughts? ever been to the upfronts? I've never been. I have. So give us... And it was... Uh, um, it was It was a really... As always with them, it was just, they, they do show business so well. So what was, what resonated with you from your experience at the upfronts that you said, oh my God, that's totally what it's like. Well, you sit through, you know, they introduce a lot of shows that you're like, okay, we'll never, we'll ever see that. (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to see that. Yeah. You know, and then they get all excited, you know, about these shows that are just horrible in, uh, you know. But that was hilarious, the shows that aren't... Oh, they were so good. But I I swear to God, the second uh, one, and I know we're getting ahead of ourselves, but... The porn, the next great. Oh. I think there's actually a reality show like that now. It is. may be on like the Playboy Channel yeah, no, or something. I, I, I'm pretty sure there was as well. But the running with the creme fraiche in the mouth. That oh my was, god! Oh so my fun. god! It was hilarious. The upfronts are held every uh, before the fall season every year, right? Um, to introduce all the new shows. Is it in the spring? I think. We... I don't remember. And it question. may also be different now because of the cyclical nature. No, they still do it from Oh, no, I know, but I'm yeah. saying in terms of when they do it or if yeah, they do it true. more than once because there's so much stuff. This is, again, almost 10 years ago. I know. And uh, so we start off, and it's before the upfronts. It's the first photo shoot for the promo materials, and they're oh, getting their hair done. That hurt my heart. That was a great moment when, you know, you see the young one, Marshmallow, what do you call her? Malamar. <laughs> Malamar. But you see, that's oh. uh, the leaf blower. Hey, uh, podcast, ta- coming at you. Ta- this is live, people. Live, <laughs> live radio. This is really happening. Yes. Uh, anyway. <laughs> you were afraid you weren't loud enough. I sounded like a grandma just says, so it's the 
leaf blower and the <laughs> What's with the leaf blower and the thing? She, you know, the, the guy was doing her hair and he goes, uh, here's the, uh, this is the new look, just, you know, tossed and natural. And, you know, she had this beautiful blonde hair. And then you, they cut over to Valerie and she's got these huge curlers in her hair. I thought it was very symbolic. The hairdresser says, uh, "The new, this is the new style, loose and messy. And then you, like, sh you look at her and she's got the, the curlers, the huge curlers. I thought to myself, it's really symbolic. The, her hairstyle is this tightly wound. That's not even a leaf blower. What is that? It sounds like he's driving a tuna can. <laughs> and you know, there's no lawn over there. I just want to. I just want to <laughs> point just out. Blowing sidewalk. Yeah, it's. Oh, it may have quieted down a little. Uh, so I thought that the hairstyle, being wound tight and high up and tight, as opposed to loose and messy, was uh, a good sort of parallel to who she is. She's all uptight and you know. Just, oh, and then they brought the. <laughs> yeah. And with the whole rack of those little tiny bikinis and then her she had a choice of two bad jogging suits. She just makes that comment and I I don't know whether she's being sarcastic or not, or she says something like, Thank you for the choices or something. <laughs> but yeah, it's another one of those, oh God, you know, do you want to go with the pastel? I think the pastel or whatever. And they're just awful. Every jogging suit is worse than the next. Where they found them, I have no idea. But they're like, grandmas are us. But, yeah. They are, they, they seem dated for the time. Yeah. I mean, I don't think they were hip jogging suits in the 90s. I don't even know if they were ever hip jogging suits. I don't suits. think Betty White would be caught dead in one of those. <laughs> then they're in the photo shoot. Then they go right into the photo shoot and she's pushed into the background. That was the best visual. All the, the four young ones, you know, rolling around on each other, and she's just standing in the back. And then they're yelling to them to make the sexy faces. So she starts trying to make a sexy face, and they're like, It's crushing. Please don't do that. Please don't make the sexy they, face. They're all disturbed by her sexy <laughs> face. It was a disturbing sexy face, especially in the jogging suit. Oh, and, and they want, I mean, she wants to be. When I mean, we talked about this with episode one, she wants to be part of them and she wants to be thought of as sexy. And so she's taking the notes because the photographer's like, give me sexy. And I think she feels she is one of them. That's the thing. I think, like, yeah, of course she thought he meant her. Which, you know, in reality, in, in the reality outside of the reality show of the fictional show, Lisa Kudrow is a very attractive woman. She yeah. looks awesome. I mean, even at that time, 10 years ago, she wasn't that old. She wasn't, you know, she's playing, like you said, she seems to be playing older than she yeah. is. And, uh, we see later, I mean, when she's sleeveless and everything, it's not like she's got, I've got, I'm getting grandma arms, you know, I'm like, Jenny. I'm, but what I'm saying is she's, she looks awesome. She's a twig and yeah, you know, she's still being pushed in the background and being told that She's not sexy, not to make the powder. They're disturbing. I think they say something about it being disturbing. Yeah. And, um, uh, and then there's a point where she does kind of get in some of the pictures and she's up close and she asks Miss Mickey if any of those are usable. And he's like, I don't know. I wasn't watching. Like, no, when she, when she goes back and she gets in the pictures up close to them and they go, can you go back to your place? Oh. Oh. 
It's crushing. My heart, heart crushing so many times in that episode. So we go from the photo shoot uh, where, again, she's sort of dismissed, pushed, literally pushed into the background, uh, literally and figuratively, by the writers, as well as other people. And then we're at home, and we see that they've been rebuilding the fallen it wall. <laughs> Slowly. <laughs> Slowly. It's a huge project, clearly. And uh, there are different paint colors, and she can't decide. She's trying to get Mark to choose. They're, they all look the same, sort of. They all have, like, such close variations on a theme, and she's just standing there, and she just can't. She, and she makes the, the joke that they are literally watching paint dry. Yeah. <laughs> um, and this is the first time in this scene, too, that we hear her do her Woody Allen impression. Oh. Everyone has a Woody Allen impression, right? Everyone does, but she gets this look on her face first, like, I'm about to do the most brilliant thing you've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> she like she takes that beat where we're gonna know and in her head in her head she is just nobody does it like her which is how I think that she feels about herself with everything oh of course and she's always waiting for the reaction that yeah. she's expecting uh, from the crew who doesn't really like her and who aren't supposed to sit so, and again she doesn't fully comprehend they're the not supposed to engage. Right. And she's so performing for the camera all the time. And the camera's just supposed to be catching her doing everyday stuff. And we're and that stuff she seems to think isn't important. Um, and we meet her stepdaughter. Oh, she's a piece of work. The 12-year-old Francesca. Who was really excited to be on camera. Who totally dressed her camera with the sunglasses you and could the whole outfit and she's just staring at the camera like this was her big debut like you could imagine in the future she's going to be on rich kids of beverly hills right, exactly or, or she'll have her own reality show oh absolutely right like it's almost like a nick kroll character i don't know if you watch the kroll I show do. so you know like how they spin off from the spin-offs yeah. like <laughs> francesca will have her own reality show someday um and we also learn at this point about the involvement that Mark has or doesn't have in his daughter's life. Which right. It's very subtle, very short, but and again it sort of shows the sweetness of the relationship between them because she cares about the daughter. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the, her whole eating disorder and everything. Which they don't talk about a lot. She's just like I have, she's got to have an eater with her. You know, she's got to Right, be careful who, you, yeah, she's ta talking about be careful who he takes to dinner with them because some of her friends don't eat. Um, and also that she has to make the reservations for the dinners. And so I wonder, I guess it's been, I guess Mickey says it's been like 13 years since they've been to Upfront, so maybe it's been 13 years since they've, they've had this. So in that in-between time, what has she been doing? And right. His... Right, and you know what I think? One of the things that makes her character lovable because she's so ridiculous is the home, is relationship with her husband. And you know, like when they show the normalcy of her in some ways. I was blown away by the Zagat Guide. Yeah, <laughs> that was awesome. And she pulled out the Zagat Guide. 
And it's something at the time meant nothing. It was very normal. But now, I don't know anybody who uses Agate anymore, no, like hard copy. Or Open Table. Yeah. Or I don't even know if Zagat has an app, but. That's for the next week. I'll research it. Okay. Um, and Mark says about his daughter's friends that he doesn't know who's who as well. So that also shows how much involvement Valerie has uh, in this. You know, and the, and the daughter's not loving to her at all. No. She's a little she, biatch. She doesn't pay her any attention. She's just looking straight at the camera the whole time. Right, right. But, you know, it's clear that Valerie takes her job as stepmother seriously. Uh, and your beverage this morning is sort of like in the spirit of Francesca, who is like no coffee when she was asking her if she wanted something oh, for breakfast. She's 12 years old. No, just coffee. Oh, there was also a little moment at the beginning, too, when Mark stopped her from biting her nails in a shot, which I thought was a really cute little bit as well. This little nervous oh, habit I that she has. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, wow, that's interesting. So. Uh, end of that scene, she leaves Mark with her itinerary and with the job of not only feeding Francesca, but also of picking the wall color. He wasn't happy about it, though. He didn't have a... I don't think he cared. He, <laughs> I, 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 I don't even know that it was even happy or unhappy. He just sort of... It's, Whatever. It's a typical man. Like, yeah. I can't tell the difference between... You know, you know, sage green and pee green. Sierra blonde and whatever the colors See, are. you made a nice thing and I said pee green. I think that's <laughs> the difference between us. What's wrong with me? Why it, do I go to pee I don't know, maybe... It's a stunted, uh, it's a stunted humor development, the, I think. The pee-pee well. <laughs> I keep going back to the duty hole. Oh, no, I don't go to the duty hole, Jenny. I go to the duty <laughs> hole. I'll, I'll try to go more to the duty hole. Oh, uh, oh Jenny. Look at you getting all I'll try. cray cray up in the house. In his house. Uh, <laughs> that's me. So then we go to, then we're at the airport and the clerk that they walk up to, the desk clerk, doesn't want to be on a reality show. She goes to find somebody who wants to be and... She goes over and, yeah. She says, who I... wants to be on a reality show? I do! Like the other clerk. And she's like, you don't want to do it? She's like, I think reality's over. I think that, yeah, I think they're over is... And I thought that was killer because, again, this was at the beginning of all this. Still, there weren't a lot of shows on, as we've talked about. You know, it's crazy. You know, the movie The Truman Show. I was yes. just rewatching that the other night. And it's all coming true. Oh, yeah. Like a, a movie that we thought, can you imagine if that was life? Well, when the show, like, those shows like Joe Millionaire or I Want to Marry Harry where people think they're doing one thing and yeah. it's another oh, and everybody horrible. else around them is in on it but uh, them. Those are horrible to me. Those are the meanest things ever. Yeah. That is my worst nightmare. I mean, that, if I were to have an actor's nightmare now, it would probably be something like that. That it's actually you're on a reality show and you don't know it and everybody else is in on it but you. And, and they, they make people sign before they ever start. So no matter what happens, you don't have control over it. You can't sue them. Like I, some of my students will go, you know, they'll go to these things from Actors Access and uh, 
they'll be asked to sign a contract at the audition. And I'm like, no, please, no, don't do that. You don't ever do that, okay. you know, ever. Don't do it. You know, and then, it, they, you know, like they find out they're filming the audition in, in which to make fun of them. Or, you know, there was a show on, um, oh, God, it was awful. It was a reality show earlier this year. I won't say her name, you know, because it's bad karma. But um, it was a, she was a manager, and it was all about her business. And she had people come in. She posted, like, a fake... Um, audition and then she had actors come in and then they taped them and they made fun of them on the reality show. It was awful. Oh, that's just it was horrible. It was very upsetting. Yeah, that is upsetting. Like the auditions for American Idol, they've gotten better about not do well because they cut down the numbers of episodes for American Idol, but they used to just draw those out. I know. Uh, anyways, we're it's getting sidetracked. I'm going, uh, we digress. So, blame it on my stomach. I, I think you brought the topic up. So, there are. <laughs> It had it had a lot to say about the the environment that reality shows are creating in the world. Very strongly. So they're at the airport. They find a clerk who will agree to be on the reality show, and uh, you penis on your um, filing cabinet. It's not penis. That's uh, Tony Danza. Oh. You've Tony Danza's penis. It's, to- it's a naked your- Tony Danza, but I don't know if that's actually Tony Danza or not. Again, we're digressing. Okay, back to the show. Um, we'll get back to Tony Danza's penis at a later date. How can you not be distracted by Tony Danza's penis? I'm sure a lot of women have been distracted, <laughs> happily distracted, right? <laughs> He's the boss. Uh, he- <laughs> is he? Or is his penis the boss? <laughs> that is true, yeah. That's another show, Jenny. So, stay tuned on Wednesday. Is Tony Danza's penis the boss? (laughs) These and other deep topics. Again, the ultimate fangirls. Where's the ultimate fangirls? TV or peni? Mickey's there with his Manny pack, and that was sad too. Actually, there was something sad about there not being a ticket for Mickey. Oh, and, oh, no, my favorite line with her was when she pulled out that she goes, okay, and she didn't do it. And she goes, well, and she knew the cameras were on her, so there was nothing she could do. There was nothing. She couldn't send him away. There was nothing she could do that wouldn't make her look bad. And she goes, well, let's have a treat. Right. And then she's like, somebody will reimburse me. Right. She's, and nobody said anything. Yeah, cause, and Jane, of course, in the background with her very straight face saying, oh, we're all in coach, right? So... Again, it's Valerie trying to present herself as something and trying to present herself as right. being able to afford a $4,500 ticket. That's insane uh, for the round trip for Mickey. Because they're only going for two days, too, right? Um, and I also thought what was really sad about that was he's like her security blanket, too. Right. He's the one person who's there on her side. Even though she's got this whole entourage of video people, like you said, they're not supposed to interact with her. I don't think they really like her. And they may not really like her. I know. Poor Valerie. Poor Valerie. I like Valerie. Of course. We love Valerie. So then we're on the plane in first class and she's toasting champagne and... And the writers are so not happy that they're sitting right next to her. 
She says, she makes a comment about them there in first class next to the first class showrunners and Tom, Tom, who is the nicer of the two, makes a comment about how she's a first class actress, which is, I'm sure she was so happy about because that's the kind of setup that she's, and response she's always trying to catch, right? And nobody, I, I was actually a little surprised. I never expect them to say anything positive to her in any way. But then, of course, Polly G says something about why don't you blow reality TV and the guy makes a comment about having kids, right? Like They're all just trying to make a living. Then the steward, or steward, I guess. The, the light attendant. Light attendant, that's right. You were so politically incorrect, you said. It's got to happen at least you? once in every episode. <laughs> We're going to get email now. Oh, yes. You call somebody a steward. All right. I I think I I think I already sealed my fate in the first one with the Kim Fields comment. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I am I'm, I'm horrified oh at my myself. Oh my god, I love it. So Mickey makes a comment to Valerie. Uh, is, I thought this was supposed to be about you, which is not really helpful. Even even the crew would rather talk to Jen. Even the crew, you know, she's so cute and bubbly and everything, and they just would rather hang out with her. And they, you know, they took a break. But the funniest part was you saw Valerie all the way from first class, like first poking her head around the aisle so that her head was in the interview. And then somehow <laughs> she found a way to make her way over there. She's hey, got to get in there. She's <laughs> got to be a part Isn't of this it. exciting? And again... Another heart-wrenching moment. Yeah. It's supposed to be, even when it's supposed to be about her, it's not about her. Uh, and she's determined to make it about her. So she goes back into the business class and, where the kids are, and the flight attendant tells her she's going to need to move. Excuse me. Uh, she's going to need to move because they're expecting turbulence. They're... And she won't. She won't. She won't move until she falls. I'm sorry. I, no, I, I think... I jumped ahead. No, but I think that that is sort of uh, emblematic of her whole attitude. She's she's doing what she wants I'm to do. I'm in it till I go down with the ship. <laughs> and she essentially was going down with the ship. And she's she's falling down the aisle and she turns and says, Okay, we're going to stop coming this up. Can we not? Cut, cut, cut. She's yeah. crawling cut. back. Yes. So you can hear her like, Jane, we'll have to cut this out or whatever it is. She was still trying to control the show as she was, you know, possibly dying in a plane crash. There was also a moment where... The other girl whose character name, um, I don't remember, the, Shane, I guess the, the girl who plays Shane, who is the other female who lives in the house, is saying that she's been to Upfronts for some Disney show, and again, Valerie dons this worldly experienced mentor position, saying like, oh, well, this is prime time, you know, this is... It's not for kids like Disney or whatever. So, again, she's putting herself above everyone in in a way. I don't even think she said. I think you know uh, she said like, uh, uh, "Well, this is like if we're doing your kids show." <laughs> she just dismisses her. She's not even she's not even that nice about it. You know? No, she's not. She doesn't even have the time. 
Oh, and she, the turbulence starts and she bites her tongue. Yeah, I just bit my tongue. I kind of wish there was a bigger payoff for that. I wish there had been more. There'd been more on that. Let there be blood. (laughs) Just blood gushing out of her mouth, like. But she still goes on. Like creme fraiche later. Uh, Then we're in the hotel room. In then she's in New York in the hotel room, and um, the gift basket. Right. So Juna stops by to see. If she wants to go to dinner and... Don't you love the gift basket? I especially love the gift certificate for the spa. She's got Mickey looking for it under it's everything. on the floor. And again... They didn't give her one. And he makes the joke. It was a good thing he didn't go into the priesthood because of his knees. Yeah. Mickey is naughty. Mickey is very naughty. I also have been watching Mickey in the scenes when the young people are around and if he's even paying attention to her or whether is he looking for the next person to sort of latch on to or is he just looking at the hot young guys too, right? Mickey's an interesting character. Helen Lutz had a bigger part in this one. Yeah. Probably. He was such a baby then. So funny. They're all babies. And I think... Malin Ackerman, a.k.a. Malamar. Not only does she look exactly the same, but she's brawless in every scene. I know. I hate her for that. And maybe that was just the concession that they made for HBO. I mean, it is an HBO show. I don't know, but yeah, she's very very popular. Even at that time. It's a little bit less so now, I think, but those cable channels, they want boobs. They want... They want and, sex and, and it's not only she brought but it looks like before every take, they went up to her with ice cubes <laughs> and held them against her nipples. What if they're permanently like that? She does. Oh, my God. I have not heard somebody use that since I was in high school. That is an old high school reference for older ladies like Jenny and myself, and it stands for titty hard on. I'm sure it's in the Urban Dictionary. Titty hard on. So. T-H-O. Back in the hotel room, Valerie doesn't. Valerie may have a titty hard on, but she does not have a spa gift certificate. Valerie does not have a titty hard on. Valerie never has nipples. <laughs> she never has like she's totally desexualized. Even when she's wearing low cut stuff, they don't. She's totally desexualized. I think that they the the character. I think they're desexualizing her. But yes, we do see her. She she does get nippy. We, she got nippy in the table read on the first one, and I feel like I saw some. Looking, I don't know why. I, I'm not Jenny, doing what it. Is with you? I'm obsessed. Do we need to talk I, about yes, this we do. And actually, I think maybe I need to talk to my therapist about this. <laughs> Um, Were you breastfed as a child? No, I was not. No, and I, I, I think it, this is all coming together okay. now. I'm having some sort of a breakthrough. Wow, and I was here for it. There's an example in this scene of one thing Valerie does over and over again in different ways because it comes up where she gets slighted and she blows it off in a way that says, well, it's a good thing it's me kind of thing. Like with the gift certificate, it comes up too and she says... Um, let's hope this didn't happen to one of the other kids or whatever. You know, right. the young, just, fragile egos. Like, she's not. They're scurrying all over looking for that kid's certificate. And then we find out later she had called and asked for one. I did. I missed that. When he came and delivered. Uh, when he came to her room. 
Apology. No, that's he's giving her a note. She had left him a note. She because she said I left one for Tom too, because she said that she wanted to talk to them. This we're jumping ahead. Okay. Um, oh, I thought he was bringing her this because this is what you asked for. That's what he said to her. He, no, he didn't. Yes, say, he did. Oh, okay. I'll have to go back and look yes, at it. Yes, have to go back and watch. Because I think he her was bringing her. A gift certificate? All right. Well, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't catch that. Maybe I'm wrong. But one of her one of the things on that uh, thing too that made me think of Friends was she said, um, "Let's. It's good thing it happened to me. Let's hope it didn't happen to one of the other kids or whatever." Because you know, first thing it's a gift certificate. Next thing it's a Porsche. And it just made me think of the Friends. Didn't they all get cars one year? Didn't yes. One year they were all yes. given. Uh, yeah, from the network. And it, that's got to be even more painful for her as well because it's a comeback. She's got not just one show, but two shows on the network. Everybody else just has one, and she's still not getting... I mean, that's... Actually, when I think about it, the more I think about it, that's really fucked up. That's yeah. really... It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter who she is or whether this was her first show or not. I mean, you wouldn't... You wouldn't do that to an actor. Right, they're just mean to her. They're just mean to her, or maybe maybe housekeeping stole it. Housekeeping. So housekeeping. then they're getting ready to go. They're in the lobby. They're getting... housekeeping. Housekeeping. <laughs> Landshark. You okay? <laughs> I clean your sheets. Fluff your pillows. <laughs> <laughs> Tommy, Tommy boy. Uh, so then, uh, she's. In the lobby, on the phone with Mark, and they're getting ready to go to dinner. They're trying to figure out where to go to dinner. The young people, and they're including her. The The cast seems to include her. She's on the phone with Mark while everybody's trying to figure out where to go to dinner. She is distracted by her conversation with Mark, and... It seems that he's invited the wrong person to go to... He's not an eater. Yeah, he's someone who's not an eater, and she's trying to advise him to invite another one of Francesca's friends who she knows knows to be an eater. Then she kind of turns around and they're gone. They just left. They just left without her. Which is a dick move on their part, because they all have seemed pretty open to her. I mean, out of everyone. They invited her to dinner. Right. She's asking the reality people if they can rewind the tape so she can find out where they went. And she keeps, like, trying to ask the hotel people. And... Nobody knows. Nobody's paying Nobody attention. Cares. Nobody cares. It's her problem. And she doesn't have Juna's cell phone. Which is weird because they were talking on the cell phone in the first show. That's a little bit of a continuity issue. Well, for all we know, Juna called her, maybe, I guess. Maybe. But I I'm know. with you. It did bother me. I have a bigger continuity issue, but it's coming up. I'll okay. Get. Again, she sort of covers up. She's always trying to cover up her hurt and saying, oh, well, it's a shame. It would have been great to get us all out on the town. And then comes the uh, scene that Marcy and I were just talking about. Where we saw totally different things. Right, where Polly G. That's the beauty of art. Yes. What did you get from it? We just, we, this is very deep. Everybody, just take a moment. Okay, we'll pass. So she's sitting down to do her personal testimony, uh, testimonial or video diary, and is starting off by sort of like, 
oh, it's okay that I didn't go to dinner with them. I'm having some alone time. I have to get ready for the upfront. Get centered. She's always doing sort of the namaste stance and bow. I always have the feeling she has no idea what any of that means. Oh, of course she doesn't. <laughs> it's, just, it's just a gesture that right. she's seen people do. Yes, and she thinks it looks cool. And humble. Yes, which she's not. <laughs> she's not. So she's making excuses that she's better off not carousing around with the kids. But then Polly G shows up and he hands her a piece of paper and we seem to be in a disagreement. I thought that he was giving her a note because she made a comment that uh, she... said, here's what, you, here's what you asked for. Oh, okay. So I didn't hear that. I just saw him hand it to her and she said that she she left a note for Tom as well. And he just sort of gives her her face like, yeah, I am. See, I thought she said, can I get one for, um, oh my God, I'm spacing out. What's her? Mickey? Yeah, she didn't know Mickey. I don't know why, but I thought she said, can I get one for Tom as well? That was weird. From Tom as well, maybe is what she said. Oh, see, I just I thought know. she said, I left one for Tom as well. And then wow. Polly, and then she goes into a, what are we doing at Upfronts? And this is the second or third time we've heard her make yeah, a comment. Yeah, she mentioned it at the photo shoot as well, and they said nothing. No, we just won't. And she's mentioned it to the actors. She keeps mentioning it to everyone. Let's do a skit. Let's yeah. do a bit. Like they, she wants to be prepared. She wants to make an impact. And on that, on that front, I feel for her as well. She really is trying to do something obviously it's for self-serving reasons but it's also she wants to seize whatever moments she has but nobody seems to be responding no one is responsive to her and Polly g just listens to her he, he didn't look as chubby to me in this but he was standing up and he's m much taller than her and I know this is really random shit, and why the fuck would I even think about this? But I looked it up. He's six foot two. That guy's like a big guy. I just, I, I just thought it was important to kind of put that out there. How tall is Tony Danza? How tall Lay is Tony Danza's penis? I was gonna say oh. laying down. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Um, how can I, every time you say Tony Danza's penis, your dog gets really excited. I don't. Okay, now, that, that wiped out the Kim Fields comment. Oh, <laughs> she didn't want to hear that. Yeah, her her tail just started wagging. Then Polly G gives her sort of this gun hand symbol, gun sign, and walks out the door. And she says, well, that happened. And I was wondering what you thought he was doing in that moment. Uh, dissing her. <laughs> You know, and she was like, okay, he shot me down. Okay. Yeah, that's what I think. He, everything with Paula G seems to be very ambiguous. Like, is he being as big of a prick as I feel he's being? Oh my god, I just know that guy. I've worked with that guy. He is too cool for school. He blows her off. Literally blows her off with a fake gun. Uh, she's just in the way of all of his plans. He, he just doesn't want her there. He, you think he, they were just forced to yeah, work her into the show? Yeah, she was forced upon him. That's probably true. Then he steals a handful of the booze off of the tray as he's oh on his God. way out the door. That's what the Will That Happen was about. Oh, right. Yeah. I forgot about that. That's what, you know. 
And then she sort of just, then she looks at the camera kind of confused and goes up and turns it off. Like, there's nothing left to say. Yeah. He's so mean to her. I know. He is so mean to her. And somehow she holds it together. She does. She, she's I a survivor. I think she's not that deep. <laughs> you said much nicer. I, I don't know. It's the upfronts, yay! Okay, Woo! so she's getting her hair done. The upfronts are in an hour, and they're trying to get her to use new product, and oh. she's very disturbed by this. In the basket that came in the, the the whole gift basket, it turns out was just it was all product placement. Product placement, and for the show for the Bumble and show. Bumble, and she uses Sebastian, and it's just all. And it's probably why she didn't get the gift certificate because they didn't need her to have it. Good point. I'm very smart, Jenny. It. <laughs> <laughs> There's no question about your level of intelligence. Uh, I Except when I see Tony Danza's penis. Uh, well, it's, it's covered up with a little puffy sticker. If we take the puffy sticker off, you'll really see Tony Danza's okay, penis. Now that's all I'm going to think about. Now we'll, we will have to we'll have to post the picture of Tony Danza's penis. So uh, she's she's very upset. She's very upset about. The new products. She doesn't want to look like anyone other than her. She must. It's not a time for experiments. And uh, she again does a Woody Allen impression, and this time Jane recognizes it, which is sort of nice because somebody's seeing her and acknowledging her, right? Jane also acquiesces, and that's the word for today: is acquiesce. It's no prescient, Jenny. It's no prescient. No, it is not prescient. She doesn't have to use the products, and I thought that was interesting as well because Jane doesn't usually give in. Jane's like, no, we can't turn off the cameras. No, we can't do this. No, we can't do that. But you this... just use one, she says. Right. Can you use one? Uh, and Valerie's big line here, too, was, my big return to the network, they want to see me. And that line stands out to me because of what's about to happen. Cut to backstage at the upfronts. And the network executive is running down their new, some of their new shows and their new reality shows, as we were talking about at the top. (laughs) This terrible newlywed game challenges, which involve them hitting each other with clubs. Oh my God. My favorite was after the husband knocks the one woman in the head. She's like, hit me in the head, you pussy. And he slams her and she falls down. And the host is like, we'll see you in the next tell recovery tent. <laughs> I love that they have a recovery the tent. next tell recovery tent. Right? That it's sponsored. The sponsored recovery tent. Uh, and the stage manager backstage is getting very upset with the cameras. Everybody's always upset with her camera crew being around. Somebody from the cast asks her why they didn't see her at dinner. Yeah, that was really passive-aggressive. As if it were her. But at the same time, I thought it shows shows us as an audience, we are seeing a very specific point of view. And we are seeing... uh, I venture borderline personality point of view, right? Where it is all about her and it is about her being slighted. And they may genuinely not have realized and gotten to a point where 
they realized she wasn't there or they thought that she wasn't coming because she was on the phone with Mark and maybe I'd have to go back and look at the scene. Maybe something she said gave them the impression she wasn't coming or whatever. But there's, I'm not saying that is it, but there is the possibility that from the other side, he genuinely doesn't know. They genuinely don't know why she didn't go to dinner with them. They're not the brightest bulbs in the strand. No, they're, they're all pretty. They are pretty. They're very pretty. You, your point is, it might be correct as well, that may be passive-aggressive. Yeah, it's hard to tell. It's hard to tell with Episode, them. Upcoming episodes will show us. They're getting ready to go out, and we see her looking at Juna's bare back. Again, brawless. And, she, and perfect. Perfect. And she decides to lose her lavender sport jacket. It's a blazer. Blazer. Her lady blazer. It's a crop blazer. And again, we see she's beautiful. She is. She's wearing the sleeveless black, rocking it, you know. Yeah. She genuinely triumphs. She does. She looks great. Nobody tells her she looks great, but I'm telling Valerie Cherish right now she looks great. Valerie, you look great. So we've saw the the well, new greatest Tony Dance's penis, but few but things what are. Else? I know. Yeah. Right. And the search for the next porn star we mentioned. And then they show the clip of room and board. Now, this is where the continuity. You and I, for years, have always said, I don't want to see that. And the scene, the montage scene where she's in the kitchen rehearsing that line. Note to self. Note to self. Over and over and over. I don't want to see that. I don't want to see that. I mean, she she reads it like Urkel at a certain point. Yeah. <laughs> then. Which is always part of my rehearsal process. <laughs> you read gotta, it like Urkel. Got to get in touch with your inner Urkel. Yes. Mine is very strong. In the clip that they show, she says, I don't need to see that. It, you know what? Now that you, it sounded funny to me. Yeah. So she says, I don't need to see that. So I went back just to confirm that, yeah, she was in the montage in the first episode rehearsing, I don't want to see that. But then I went to the taping of the show and she did say, I don't need to see that in the taping of the show. But I always think of it as I don't want to see that. And it still will be for us because, damn it. Because damn it, it always will be. So... They show the clip of four sexy singles. They introduce the cast members, everybody but her. And she just starts to really have a moment backstage. Oh, this is where we... It's the first time she's not even trying to hold it together. You know, where she was crying. How could they not introduce me? How could they... Oh, it's so sad when she was waiting to go on and they introduced... And and that's the cast of Room and Board and... She, uh, you know, they didn't call her, and she just completely has a breakdown. And this, the Dick stage manager is still trying to... move on. We have other shows coming up. And he, yeah, get your fucking cameras out. And then she gets mad, and I can use... I can say fuck or whatever she says, and she just starts saying fuck. And she's so upset that she doesn't hear that they're actually introducing her and making making kind of a bit about it making her special making her special that she's going to be doing both a sitcom and a reality show and we 
learned that the sitcom's going to come on in the fall and then in January the a reality show will come. She pulls it together, takes off the lavender blazer that she'd put back on in a huff when she felt rejected and goes out and again does the little namaste bow and starts to starts to speak but is hey, cut Cara. off. The network also there's no reverence. They just, no, just, no, nobody treats her nicely. Nobody treats her nicely. She's just there because they think she'll bring people in. Bring in viewers. They don't like her. They don't care about her. Well, she's money, right? It's all yeah. money. It's all money to them. Then we see her in the lobby. I guess they're on their way out. Maybe it's the next morning. And she's on the phone with Mark telling him how everything went. And in the background, the writers come out of the bathroom and see her and turn around and go right back in. It's just this one quick moment. It's brilliant. But as always, um, MPK, uh, Lisa Kudrow, and the other writers, they, yeah, they did a great job in this. Uh, they go ba head back into the bathroom and we learn that Mark has picked a color for the wall. Sage green. Yes, it's... Uh, Sage dust. Oh, sage dust. Sage dust. And her face. Yeah, just, uh-oh. She looks disappointed, which is typical wife, too, I think. It's yeah. like, just make a decision. I want him to make a decision. And, of course, he makes a decision, and it's probably the wrong one. He's very proud that the wall is done. She'll be coming home to a new it wall. Before it can fully hit her that it's not the color she wants and whatnot. Uh, she runs into somebody in the lobby who... I don't want to see that! <laughs> who stops her and quotes her to her. But I think he said, I don't want to see that. Did he, he said, I don't need. I checked oh, it all. He checked it. Gosh darn it. I know. Gosh darn it. I'm going I'm to be from Minnesota when I say that right Gish, now. Gosh darn it. Gosh darn it. Darn it. So, on, on the phone Can with... Big? Sorry, I'll stop. Oh, I also love that Mark was giving the 911 on the dinner with yes. Francesca and that the eater's not an eater anymore. Oh, okay, she's like, we've got to find new eaters. Yeah, exactly. So, she has a sort of a fan. Jenny, I think it was the 411, not the 911. Oh, did I say the 911? <laughs> I meant the 411. Gives it the emergency. Look, she's not here anymore. What it do was, I do? It was big. It was big. It was a big emergency. Uh, it was a very big emergency. The fan quotes her to her. She's very taken aback by that. There's not a huge reaction from her. She, yeah, you would think like she'd be really like, "Ooh, I'm a fan." Yeah, I think she was so in her own head at that point. And then she says to Mark, "I think I have a catchphrase." Like, that's good. And she says, good, that's everything. And I'm oh, hopeful for her. I'm really hopeful. I'm really rooting for her at this point. As we start to roll the credits, the other actors are getting her to come and pose with them in front of the the, the promo board. Yeah, the big picture from the upfronts. Yeah, the big upfront uh promotional picture of them they're posing in front of it and jesse one of the, one of the guys is on the phone in the background the whole time the whole time, the whole time. 
so yeah, so that's it. She seems to be really. Oh, you know what I noticed? Okay, difference between today and now. They weren't taking pictures with their phones. They could, you know, they had like a like a, a very rudimentary digital camera, and they handed it to Mickey to take a picture, and he couldn't figure out how to. And I remember that with those cameras, because some of them you had to push for a really long time. The buttons were always in different places, and now everybody just picks up their phone, takes a picture, and it goes viral. None of that. So it'll be, it'll be interesting to see like how they incorporate social media ten years later. Absolutely. Because not, things didn't, we didn't know about going viral then or anything like that. It didn't happen. Twitter didn't exist. Instagram Facebook. didn't exist. Facebook didn't exist. I don't know when Facebook came around, but uh, it certainly I was. I think we were on Friendster and MySpace. Probably. Oh, my God. We were never on Friendster and you MySpace. You got me on Friendster. I probably did. So, any overall thoughts or feelings about this episode um, i loved this episode i love this episode i thought it was um i thought we really got to know her even better in this episode and and i like like i said i like that we saw the human side of her i love that we saw more of her like how she was with the stepdaughter not that she was you know could she could she sweetie baby at all but just like there was a deep like there was a caring there and doing you know she she's concerned with doing the right thing and that sort of takes I think it makes all her her craziness and her you know self-centeredness about her career. I think that have seen that other side of her draws us in and makes us love her even more. Yeah, root for her because yeah. of that. And you do root for her. That's the thing you root for her, even though she's an idiot. <laughs> and so far removed from reality. Yeah. And the everyday problems of everyday of everyday people. The next episode is called Valerie Bonds with the cast. So I'm looking forward to that. I don't know what's going to be happening with that. Following up on anything that was outstanding from what we were talking about. Okay, we know now that it's been 10 years since I'm It was on the air, maybe. Uh, he, I know Mickey had mentioned in the airport that it had been 13 years since they'd been to uh and and they just four episodes four seasons four seasons so been nine years probably there was an article on buzzfeed by somebody named i think louis peitzman or petzman he wrote about this recently and he was comparing valerie cherish to like tori spelling and Lindsay lohan how they play to the cameras and how they're emotional and right and even though the cameras are on them all the time. The lack of self-awareness that really is so apparent. I think Tori Spelling, for whatever she is, is a brilliant businesswoman. Oh, absolutely. And I absolutely have the utmost of respect for the empire she built herself. She got screwed. She got screwed. And, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, all of that being said, it's, that's all I have to say about her. She was born into a tough situation. I yeah. mean, and, and there's a lot of people she, that are going to be like a tough, tough I, situation. Look what she does, man. But, right, uh, you yeah. know, she's not necessarily my cup of tea. I can't imagine, you know, hanging out with her. But uh, I have the utmost respect for her. I don't have any respect for Lindsay Lohan. I've but. never seen either of those shows, and I feel for both of them, and I understand their situation. I've seen Tori's shows. I haven't been I've heard, and I had no desire to see I've it. been told I need to watch Tor the 
totally Tori or whatever that show is that uh, of her. Went through therapy when she yeah, it's still going up. on. It's still on, I believe. I don't think so. It was like six episodes or something. I think it's still on. I have to tell you. We'll have to I DVR the whole thing. You're making me admit that now. Okay. It was fantastic candy. It was. It's, that was a train wreck. I could not stop watching. I watched Shots of Sunset. That's my. Also that's mine. That is yeah. my guilty pleasure. Uh, I feel for Valerie Cherish a lot because nobody ever tries to make her feel better. There's not even Mickey. No. Mickey barely does it. No. And he. That's really what he's supposed to be doing. And I'm. I'm really aware of her vulnerability through everything. And I. Again, I feel for her in that way. Let me see if there's anything else. Um, oh, there was also a comment at one point at, that the writers made as if they're unaware that her former show, I'm It, had been on the same network that they're going to be on. And again, I'm not quite sure whether they were just being sarcastic. I think they just... She was foisted upon them. They hate having her there. They're trying to make the best of it, but they're not going to be nice to her. And they could care less. Uh, they don't. They've done no research on her. Well, Tom makes an effort. A little bit. But it also seems it's a self-serving effort. I mean, admittedly so. He says, "Look, I have a kid." You know, he's just trying to right. play the game. Uh, I want us to give a shout out to the casting people: uh, Meg Lieberman, Cammy uh, Patton, and Elizabeth Barnes. I just. No, we mentioned that before. Whoever was doing the casting was doing such a great job. Absolutely. And, and they really nailed it. Especially for the new episodes when they cast two of my students. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I wonder if they're doing... Actually, I need to check. Uh, I... Yeah, I need to. I can find that out. So, I guess we will see you next time. For episode three. For episode three. Very and... exciting. I'm going to watch it earlier than three in the morning. Although I feel like I had a lot of retention. Oh, yeah. This episode really moved quickly. And I loved it. I loved it, too. Quicker than our show, probably. Uh, always. <laughs> well, because we're dissecting it. We're taking it apart. We're looking we at are. it piece by piece and really examining it. we really want to see that. <laughs> the, we need to see that. Do oh, we want to see that? That hurts me. I know. But I started to think that I was going crazy. That's why I had to go back. Please come back. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of The Countdown to the Comeback. All right. I love Tony Dance's. I don't want to see that. 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 I don't want to see that.